Jesus begins his ministry. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Amen. Well done. Okay, well, it's a, a real privilege to be here. Um, this is the only time I've been allowed out to play this year because <laughs> I, I lead uh, Islington Church. We, me and Debbie planted that about 12 years ago. And uh, just last year, we were called to plant Basildon, so I'm half the time in Islington, half the time in Basildon, and this is my one time out, so praise the Lord. But it's good to meet you all, heard a lot about you guys, and we pray for you regularly. Um, I pray for your leaders and you guys at least twice a week as part of my prayer time, and uh, yeah, as I say, it's just great to be here, honestly, it is. What, a what an amazing place you've got here. God is good, huh? And uh, we've just finished a, a youth camp with all five churches, uh, Hatfield, Trinity, uh, was it, uh, Islington, Basildon, and there you go, Upminster. And it was just a fun time, wasn't it? And uh, we're starting to plan the next year's one. It's going to be great. So, okay, so what, what God put on my heart for today uh, is, is a talk called Called on a Journey. Called on a Journey. And let's see if we can picture it. Uh, Jesus walking on earth now uh, at that time. And he'd just been through the desert experience where the, the devil had been tempting him. It must have been a really tough 40 days is a long time. And then he'd just, been, uh, just heard that John had been arrested and banged up as well. And you can imagine Jesus could easily have turned around and said, I've had enough. You know, it's all, you know, this is too difficult. But actually, he didn't, did he? He did exactly the opposite. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And so there was no more waiting. The waiting was over. We have all the Old Testament times pointing to the Messiah, pointing to the kingdom that he would bring, would come. It, it was all over. The time became now. And he started to gather up his, his disciples one by one with, with the simple words, follow me, follow me. Not just follow my teaching, not just do what I say and don't do what I don't want you to do. It wasn't that at all. He said, you come, you follow me. So it's a journey that God is calling us on, us and him together, uh, you and Jesus together, first Andrew and Simon, and then it was James and John, and then the rest of the disciples, and then it carried on until we've got a few billion people around the world. But it's always a journey that he's calling us on. And that, so they were the first words that he said, 
And then the last words that he said before he left the disciples were, I will be with you always. And so this journey that God has called us on is a journey with us and him together, not stationary, not the same this year as it was last year, but a journey where we move on, where we grow in Christ, where new things happen. Who knows that God is a God of new things? Amen? I'm just glad he is. Can I hear an amen? Oh, you can do that, guys. Come on, we do that a lot. A lot of shouting goes on and that's what we... We're supposed to be. But as I look at the Christian world, really it isn't like that. I mean, I, was, I would say this. I was, so I was uh, born again, and then two years, because I didn't know anyone that was a Christian, and then suddenly we bought a house opposite a church, and we went to that high street church. And basically, it's, it's the same as most church life today. Come on a Sunday and worship God, and then you go home, and then you come on a Wednesday, say, to do the group, maybe a couple of prayer meetings in the between, be nice to people, give a little bit of money, and you're a good Christian. And that's it. But surely a journey with the living God has got to be more than that. There's a whole bagload of more than that. And I really believe that, that God is calling us, he's breathing out new life because it isn't enough. He's putting a hunger in us that we want more than that religious kind of stuff that to me is so boring. Sorry, guys, you get to know me. But it is. It's like stale, stuck. The same, oh, that seat that had been sold so many times, is, even the seats cried out, don't want anyone else to sit on me. It's like, that's how souls can feel like that. I'm done. Uh, I'm finished. I'll, I'll go because I have to. And God said, no, I don't want that anymore. He wants us to follow him afresh. And so how do we follow him? Well, someone said this, that if God is as big as he says he is, he shouldn't be hard to find. That's right, isn't it? You know, this all-powerful, the most powerful being in the world who created everything and who, who loves to speak to us, why is it so hard to hear him? And I, I've got to be honest, I've had times when I felt like that. Until I dropped the, 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 the guard down, I think, God, I believe you're speaking to me. When, when he said to me this morning about the dodging cars and the deceit, I thought, God, how's that going to be together? But as he spoke to me about it, it was like, what I have learned is don't try and muster up something major. Just give what the Spirit says. Let, let the Spirit come on it and let he minister. It's up to the, the blood of Christ by the power of the Spirit, I could see the souls of everyone here and me. I was getting it as well. It's like, there's stuff there. People have said stuff that's hurt. People have sat on you. That, you know what they used to call me? Clive, you're an evangelist. And I thought at first, it's all right. It used to drive me nuts in the end. They called you an evangelist, didn't they? I thought, there's more to me than that. I was an evangelist at one point, and I can still do that stuff, but there's so much more there. Stop pigeonholing me because it suits you. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> Angsting now. But the thing is, is that God is big. He is the most powerful being in the universe who's relational and wants to speak to us. And me like you, it is difficult sometimes until we completely give our life over to him. And that's what he's calling us to do today. And so the calling is still there. He calls us to follow him. And that's what we see, first of all, in that passage. 
What does it mean to follow him? Well, first of all, it means absolute surrender. And that's what we do. That's what we saw there as we see Simon and Andrew fishing away. It was their job. It's how they earned their money. Jesus said, follow me. And they immediately stopped. They didn't ask why. They didn't say, well, I've got this problem, that problem, or any other problem, no reason. It was no, I'm following you. They dropped it all. And then we see James and John mending the nets with, with family. And Jesus come to them and said, look, follow me. And they didn't turn around and say, oh, I can't because my family's here. I've got to look after them first or anything like that. No, 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 no. They dropped it and said, they just followed. It's that kind of obedience. And what God was showing us in that story is that I am more important than anything else you have in life. Whatever we lift up to say, God, there's God's calling, but I can't because of this, but I can't because of that. God is saying, no, I come before all of that. Now, it doesn't mean that the, the guys are not going to fish again. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that it's not important for us to earn money to keep our families. Or it's not, it doesn't mean that, that, that these guys were never going to see their family again. But what it does mean is that Jesus comes first. He comes above all, before all things. Everything changes. Uh, and we must start to live life trusting him. And he will lead us down paths where it's like, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the outcome's going to be like. It seems so countercultural what you're asking me to do. <laughs> it just is. I remember when first God called me out of my business. So I had nothing when I came to Christ, read a book. Things started to come together because that book led me to read the Bible. And I, start, I started to believe in myself. It was like... Positive thinking, I can do this. I always thought I couldn't. Those leading firms that I work for, there's something special about them. But as I read the Bible, I started to believe, no, actually there's something special about me and I want to do it. And I've always wanted my own business and I'm going to do it. And the Bible started to give me strength. And I was in touch with a spirit, the spirit, but I wasn't taught that because I didn't know anyone for the first two years that was Christian at all. Anyway, so, we, so we, we, we started this firm and, and all of a sudden I started to go to church and started to do alpha courses and, and I was, you know, leading them and that kind of thing. And I felt God say, I want, this is what I want you to do full time. And it was like, God, we've just bought a house that was worth 10 times more than the, fir- that, than the house that I just bought. So we bought that so that we could do business. And it was, God, how am I going to got a massive like, uh, mortgage? How are we going to pay that if I give this up, be business up, and start doing God's work? Well, God gave me the right guy to lead the firm. And within probably two years of training him up, I was free. Free. I've never been back since in 25 years. He looked after the firm until two years ago. And I've never drawn any money from the church work I do. It, it, it comes from being a silent partner in that, in that firm. See, God looked after me. I could have said, and I was saying, I, I was really fearful, honestly. It's like we had this beautiful house. I thought, I don't want to lose this. But suddenly God brought someone my way. They took over the firm. Now my son does. I thought that was all going to end when Steve decided to retire. But my son took over two years later, I'm still 
never, so I haven't drawn a wage for what I, uh, work for two years, is it 25 years? Because God looked after me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's amazing. And then, then a few years ago, how many years ago? It was 12 years ago that God called me out of just doing that to plant the church in Islington. And it was like, it was like, God, we've got to go again. And it was like, God, this is so scary. You're calling us away from family, from friends. I'm here in the bit to oversee the business, but Islington is a long way away and I need everything to function. And, and it, was, it was such a scary time. And I can remember that when we went up to Islington, it was just me and Debbie. We was working with Toppy at the time. He said, if you take one of the easy ones around the outside, he said, we'll have people that will go. But you go into the centre of London and it's so dear, nobody will go with you. He said, it's just too dear for people to move back up. So it was just me and, me and Debbie. We knew it was Islington. And I can remember... Uh, sitting there on Christmas Day. We had no one to pray with for three months, no one to talk to about Jesus. So we sat there on Christmas Day with me, Debbie and Bella, the dog. And he was like, looking, honestly, I was sitting there thinking, what on earth are we doing? You know, and, and I'd have all this kind of stuff buzzing me up inside and, and I'd be thinking, really, what have we done? Everyone's at home and we're stuck here. Don't know anyone. But then gradually, as... Two or three days later, that would settle down. And I just knew. I just knew that this is what God wanted us to do. And, and so what, what has been beautiful is how God has taken us back. He's taken us back to Basildon again. So not only are we uh, in Islington, that church is sorted now. And but we're back in Basildon with our old friends, some of them, and, and the connections there, and Debbie's can spend time with her family. It's a wonderful thing that God has done. But the thing is that we never, we don't always know what God's called us to do. But the calling is always to follow. It's always to follow him. You look at Abraham, where it all started. Uh, he said, Abraham, give up your family. Uh, the guy was wealthy. He had a great business. Now, you leave that lot and go into the land of promise. I can only imagine what he felt like at that time. He wasn't even young. And so we don't always know where, how, why, anything. But what we do know is the personal presence of the living God is always going to be with us. You know, as, as we look at Israel, when they were taken out of Egypt, God was there with them. The presence of God was there. He said, look, when you see the fire by night, you follow that. When you see the cloud by day, you follow that. Nothing to do with clouds and fire. It's a presence of God that was there leading them. And he did miracles, major miracles, as they just followed him in what they wanted him to do. And so... You may not know the next... Not, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to scoot off and do something what may do. It's in real life. What is God going to do next? What is he wants you to do today? You see, these Old Testament stories, they teach us something about God. And in that story, he was teaching us, you won't know where I'm going to call you to be or what I'm going to call you to do. But I know. God saying, I know, stay close to the cloud, stay close to the fire, and I will be with you. So what is it that God is calling you to do today? Prophesy. Have you been up the front? Have you been prophesying? 
taking part in a hearing from God and just passing it on. Maybe God is asking you to pray for somebody, pray for healing. Maybe he's asking you to give more. And, and I'm going to do it as a prophetic act because I've got a couple of quid out to give early. I'm, you don't, do you know what? We don't, we don't pass all that stuff around anymore. And I'll tell you why, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that we love God, right? And it's like, I don't want people's money if they don't want to give. God has blessed me so much. It's like, I want people to catch it that if you just give well, he will bless you abundantly. I, I own four properties now. Four properties. I can't believe it. Still got a massive mortgage. But, but they're, they're, anyway, but it's only come through seeking the kingdom and giving back to him. And so maybe it's to give well. Maybe it's to go church planting. Maybe it is that. Maybe it's to rise up as a leader. I know some of you are going to go to Malta with uh, the Trinity guys. Uh, I'm looking at going on that one myself for a few days to plant a church. How exciting is that? Following Jesus, following the Lord. They're on a journey. Uh, This year in October, I'm going to be going out to Odisha in India because during lockdown, we uh, we had a guy called Haresh, who came into our Zoom meetings. And uh, after a couple of weeks, I said to him, like, Haresh, where are you? Expecting him to say North London somewhere. I said, he said, oh, I'm, in, I'm in Odisha. In, I went, what, in India? And he went, yeah. And so he'd been locking into us uh, from there. And he's, he's, we'd built relationship with him. He's got a fantastic family. He's, he had 20 people coming to him when we started to meet with him. Uh, didn't have a name for the church. We said, you need the name. And, and, now, and now he's not only named his church, he's planted another church. And he wants to go again and again. And it's like, I can't wait to get out there and meet him. It's going to be fantastic. But you see, following Jesus shouldn't be boring, should it? Come on. This is the God of the universe. We've got to take the wrapper off of all this Christianity that this country has suffered for so long. Sundays, weeknights, that's about it. Come on, this is the God of the universe. And so it all actually changed though, didn't it? From that Old Testament stuff to New Testament. Even more important that we follow. Because Jesus came, he changed our journey. He he lived, he died, he rose again so that he could come and live in us by faith. And now Jesus is in us. We're in Christ. He is in us. There's this connection now. There's this oneness that we are with Jesus. So it should be quite natural for us to hear and follow. Quite normal for us to to chat with God regularly. It's not a weird thing. The problem is, the problem is, comes from within. Yeah, Romans 8 says this, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So why are we not hearing all the time of the next step, the next step? The problem is, is that there are many other voices in the world that cloud us over, that, that get in, that hinder us, that come between us and listening to God. Money, sex, power, my desires, I want to do this, you know, depressed about that, I want to do something else. It, it gets in the way. We need to break the ties with all that, all the manly human worrying that goes on. God doesn't want us worrying. He just wants us following. That's all he wants us to do. 
So we draw near to God. We come near to him. And I love A.W. Tozer. I recommend all his stuff. He says, how is it when we start to follow and listen in that kind of way? He said, first of all, it sounds like the presence of someone walking in the garden. And then it comes as a voice, a little bit more intelligible, but not clear yet. Can't. And then that happy moment where scripture starts to illuminate itself with us. We start to hear. And then intelligible words come. Warm, intimate and close. We know it comes with power. We know that feeling inside where suddenly we know the living God is speaking to us. That's it. That's what we press into. And we know that there's life in it, inside. And it's just to say yes at that moment. God wants us on that kind of walk as his friend. And he is, as, as you look at, I think it was Enoch in, in Genesis. He walked with God. I mean, God took him early. I wish he'd take me early. Does anyone else feel like that? I've done. Right, it's like, but he took him, he didn't die. But before he took him, as they were friends, he chatted with Enoch. God chatted with Enoch in the garden to the point where Enoch could prophesy about the second coming of Jesus. And you'll find it in, the, in Jude. It's in there. He prophesied from Genesis what would happen in Revelation. And that's what he wants to do in our life. It's a true walk with him. John 10 says, My sheep hear my voice. And I kind of gathered... I thought, you know what, I'm a sheep, so I should hear his voice. Pretty simple, isn't it? And then Galatians 5 says, keep in step with me. It's follow me all the way. Follow me, follow me, follow me. It's a journey. It's a journey. Don't get stuck. I always say to the guys, I am not going to lead a museum. If it ever gets like a museum, I'm out. I'm gone. It's not what I'm here for, truly. I feel it. It's, it's like, you know, a story, sorry. So a few years ago, uh, when we first planted Basildon, um, we had a, a, a kid's work. And we had about, I don't know, five to eight kids and all that. And uh, we started to take uh, some off the estate, five to eight kids. And uh, I felt God say to me, I want you to get a minibus. And it was like, God, a minibus is really expensive and we've only got five to eight kids. And, it, and then, do you know when you hear God and it's like, okay, we get a minibus, we go and get one. And I've got to tell you, I went to the auction and I was feeling to myself, why am I here? I really didn't like it. I was there. I thought, we, 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 we should be down on the estate. We should be doing stuff. I should be preparing, me preach. And you've got me at a, an auction with some petrol head going on about cars and that. I've got no interest in cars at all, even though I've got one that I love at the minute. It's like... But I was there and honestly just didn't want to be there. Anyway, we, we bought it and it took ages to get that through. I was there the whole day, hated it. And then we had to get it sign written. So it looked, it looked like an ice cream van, you know, King's Church, Basildon all over it. And, and it comes to that, okay, so I went down onto the estate. And as I'm down there, you know, this dazzling minibus and that, pulled up on site where we agreed to meet uh, the kids and that, there was two kids there. <laughs> I've got a 17-seat minibus and there's two children waiting. Inside, inside, I was like, oh, I'm dying now. <laughs> I've got it wrong. 
Anyway, so yeah, carried on driving, put a brave face on as you do, and we, we had to pick another two up from the other side of Bazardon. And I was coming back home, and I thought, oh no, I'm going to detour and just go back to the, the cul-de-sac where we had, uh, the, we agreed to meet the kids and that. And as I pulled around the corner, the street was filled with kids. We filled the bus up, we took it home, we came back, we had to take more, and it just birthed something there where we had between, I'd say, 40 and 50 kids most weeks. Some, there was one week we had 100 from the ages of, of about four, five, up to 18. How they mixed together, I don't know, but they did, and it was fun. Just, just as an aside, we had a, a, a meeting on, in the holidays, just a three-day meeting, where 23 of them accepted Christ into their heart in one go. It's an amazing work. Probably about, we've, we said about 18, we, we believe were true. But it was just an, an, an amazing time. But just want to say that sometimes when God is asking you to do something, you can feel, I don't want to do it. You know? and, and, and it's like... I could tell you story after story like that, but don't let that stop you. If you've heard from God, that's what we do. That prophecy does... Who'd want to prophesy about dodging my cars? Come on. Yeah, but when the wind of the Spirit comes, he changes it all. A seat. What's that seat? But he does. He changes it. Do what he asks you to do. And so, guys, uh, you are on a journey, each one, and your journey hasn't finished yet. But I guarantee... The best is yet to come, guys. Do you believe that? Yeah, when you look at revivals, they always have, and I believe revival's going to come at some point in our life and, and do it, God. But it always happens when a, a guy or a group of people start praying and they believe that God is good and as they step out for him, he's going to do something good and major. So they don't pray for Auntie Mabel's toenails anymore. They start praying for buildings like this. They start praying for thousands of people. And suddenly God goes, there's a bit of faith there. I'm going to bless it. So we step out in what God's called us to do. Amen? And so there's no problem in God speaking to us. The problem comes with us hearing God. That's the thing. And so right now, there's a battle going on in this room for, uh, for, air, for the airways, a battle for the airways. You've got mobile phone providers waiting for that. You've got radio airways. They're all battling for our attention. And it's a bit like us, that we need to tune in. We need to know that voice. How do we know the voice? It's a bit like when, how do you know the difference between a true tenor and a fake one. How do you know? You don't study the fake. You don't. You get a new one and you study it. You feel it. You get the, the feel of the whole thing. It, they, what they do is they, they do it in the dark as well, so they know in the light and in the dark what is the true, the true, the true one. And when you know the true one and a fake one comes, you go, no, that's not it. That's not. And it's the same with us. Yeah, we need to know the truth. So for us, for that is the Bible, that we come to the Bible day in, day out. Uh, I've been reading through the Bible, and it was really difficult at first, when I first started, for 30 years now, every year through the Bible. And even last night, I wake up and do that, absolutely love it. We need to know his ways, what he would do, what he wouldn't do, what he would call us to do, what he wouldn't. And the other thing is prayer as well. 
that God calls us into that presence of God so that we get to know him, know his voice for the little things, then the big things become easy. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, I felt God saying, I'm going to increase your sensitivity to my voice. I want you to know what I'm doing in your life, in other people's lives. And when we meet together, I want you to know what I'm doing amongst people. And I thought, wow, look at that. Yes, God, please. And he wants it for the church. And so we were in a prayer meeting. We prayed for everybody. Last week was in a prayer meeting. And suddenly, all my body, the top half, started to ache. And I, and I thought, I, I don't get that. You know, some people get an achy knee. Oh, was someone in here with an achy knee? I've just got that. I've done, never get that. Suddenly, I'm, I'm there and I thought, is this that? Because I've never got it once. I always wanted it. And so I said, like, uh, is anyone here, stop the prayer meeting, is anyone here that you've got real achy bones at the minute? You're, you're aching. And uh, I've just seen that. And anyway, it's like, uh, Debbie had sat down and she stood up. She said, I've been in so, so much pain this morning with my joints and my muscles. I had to sit down. She said, I started to feel nausea standing up. And so we, we stood her up and a few of us prayed for her, completely healed, still healed today. Let's hear a glory to that. Come on. But that's what God wants to do with us. I could tell you more that's happened. And as I was waiting to do it, honestly, I was feeling I'm going to look stupid, I'm going to look silly, what happens if no one responds? But the thing is, we celebrate having a go, amen, not the success of it. And so, church, God is calling us to follow him today, to increase that sensitivity to his presence. Does anyone want that today, that increase, that fresh anointing coming on us? It's going to be different for every person, for where you are, what you're going through right now. But Jesus said this, the time is fulfilled. There's no more waiting. The kingdom has come. The Old Testament is gone. It's here and it's now. He wants us to follow him. It's time to believe that you are called to great things. It's time to follow him. It's time to journey with him. It's time to submit to all the ways of the world and say, I'm now going to be that man and woman of faith. Can we stand, please? I've got loads more stories I could tell, but there you go. What do you get for being old? <laughs> okay, I don't know if we've got a bit of music or a bit of strumming. That would be really cool. And so, if you don't know Jesus, and you'd like him to be your guide in life, you'd like to journey with him, maybe you've got fed up with living your life as it is, and you'd really love for someone, God himself, to come and lead you and guide you. It's what he died on the cross for, to clear your sins, that, you could, that he could come and live in your heart and guide you through this life and into eternity. If that's you then come and see me at the end. But if you already know Jesus and you already follow Jesus, I believe that God's call for today, it's time to surrender all. Stop living for worldly things. Don't be conditioned and conform to what the world expects us to be. 
you know what? We had a word recently. Just want to release it over you guys. Stop apologising for being miraculous. Okay? Stop apologising for it. Be miraculous. Pray for the sick. I had a guy come in the sauna the other day, Norman, Scottish guy. And uh, we started to chat and he's, he's holding his back. He said, the back's bad. I said, have you got any faith? He said, well, my, my ex-wife used to go to church. I went, okay. I said, is it right for pray for you? And he said, yeah, okay. I thought, great. And we was both half naked. He had nothing on. He's like, this is weird. Anyway, I've touched his shoulder. I prayed for him. Simple prayer. Met him the next day. I said, Norman, how's your back? And he said, do you know what? I can't believe it. it's gone. Healed. Story after story like that. When we just abandon ourselves to self and just do what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do, we will find that Jesus is with us. That he is there. I am with you always, even until the end of time. And so he's calling us today to surrender to him. If not today, when? When's it going to happen? Forget the doubts, the disappointments, the distractions, the fear that comes in. It's time to trust him, to trust God. As we look at the disciples in that passage, they immediately dropped it. There was no waiting. They knew, they heard God's voice from Jesus. They followed. So I'm going to pray over us now. Let's lift our hands. If you want that sensitivity to the Spirit, I didn't tell you, did I? The reason why God brought this uh, minibus story up and I didn't know when I, I, I decided, oh, well, that's the one he wants me to say. Two days ago, I felt God saying it again. And I thought, oh, no, not again. And I, can't, I found out I can't go to the auction because they don't sell them anymore, so I've been online. And I've absolutely, I did not like it at all. Last two days, he's saying, do it again. And so we're going to get a minibus and see what happens there. It's funny how God speaks to us. But he wants us to have that sensitivity. You know, Debbie got a word through the other day. Uh, I forget what it was about now. She, she got a picture. And instead of just giving the picture, the next day she said, God, can you give me a scripture to go with that? And he gave her another scripture. Sorry, gave her a scripture to go with it. It's like an ongoing conversation than just a vision, just a picture. There's just that oneness of following him and expecting God to speak and allowing it to flow like a river, not just a dam, not just, it's that conversation. So let's just raise a hand. Let's, let's, Lord, I pray, by your spirit, God, would you come would you come? We break every bit of fear in Jesus' name, every doubt in Jesus' name, every distraction in Jesus' name, every disappointment in Jesus' name. And we say, God, I submit to you, not just the word of God in the Bible, but 
actually we do believe you're alive today and you want to speak to us today about our future in line with the word of God in the Bible. Do it, God. Set us free, Lord. Set us free to hear from you that we can have an exciting Christianity, that we can't wait to come here and tell the next story about what you've done in our life, what you've done in our friend's life and our family's life and in the church life. That we'd live that vibrant Christianity that we see in the New Testament. So Lord, we pray, give us that sensitivity and the boldness to go with it so that we just go with what you're saying. We go with what you're saying.